Welcome to Chris's quarterly rant about how jealousy is that a child from established director gets to have their own career in cinema. Because we're talking movies, we're talking Possessors, starring Andrea Risenborough, Christopher Abbott, and Jennifer Jason Lee, written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg. So, Chris, what's the narrative? Pull me out. It's not the first time you said that. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she said. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Tonight, we're talking about the 2020 film Possessor, the uber-violent sci-fi horror flick directed by none other than David Cronenberg's son, Brandon. So, Scott, again, you're a resident expert on horror and stuff, so why don't you take us away? Okay. um, First, I have no idea how you consider this a horror movie. It's not even body horror. Ooh, but, what, sorry, yeah. What, what, can you flush that out? Because I'm not a horror. What, what's what's a body horror film? So, pretty much. Is that what, like when you get someone naked and you're like, "God, that's fucking horrible." That body. No, no, that's that, that's your weekends. But, <laughs> no, that's every day when I take my shirt off. <laughs> but uh, no, body horror is kind of what uh, David Cronenberg like set his career on. That's what made him established with video drone. It's more like um, the fly. It's just grotesque things done to a body. Okay. During the movie, like this, would saw would saw be that, that, or is that more like gore? No, porn? that's that's torture porn. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, this like I thought it was more a drama than anything. <laughs> okay. Um, All right, that'll be interesting. I, I'll definitely get be getting you to flesh that out. So it's not a horror. Uh, is it sci-fi and is it violent? Well, which version did you watch? I watched the uncut version, just like me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah I, I watched the uncut version. And the only thing I could get out of that, because I, I don't know what the original concept is, but I'm assuming the uncut version just included a lot more sex scenes. Probably sex and violence. The two best things in but, the movie. Uh, yeah, like in terms of this concept, I've seen it before. I've seen it with Canadian talent uh, done before. And I will say that I did enjoy the other ones more. Um, you got some like titles? You had the tw- yeah, yeah, yeah. The 2016 movie Criminal, you know, with Vancouver's own Ryan Reynolds. Then you had uh, the 2015 movie Selfless with Ben Kisley and, you know, Canada's own Ryan Reynolds. So what Wait a minute, so basically like saying, hey, basically they should have just got Ryan Reynolds for this role. That's basically <laughs> what because he's done it. Oh, this he's man done, in he does it every couple of years. Couple of years, like you know, he, he could have done this in his sleep. The, mo- but... the most Canadian thing is Ryan Reynolds eating poutine while showering in maple syrup, pretending to be somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like for me, I, I wasn't intrigued. Like I. I give them props for what was done. It was a beautifully done movie. You're, you're talking um, like the cinematics? The cinematics, everything. I just think in terms of what was written, um, 
I just think the whole climax, like this movie just dragged on and then it was like literally 30 minutes left. And then all of a sudden there was, there's your conflict there and it kind of gets wrapped up in the last 30 minutes. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Go ahead. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, I mean, I always talk about pacing. So I a hundred percent agree with you. The cinematics in this are beautiful. It's, 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 it's got unbelievable shot choices. Uh, I mean, if you're into cinematography, watch this film for sure. Um, the DOP on this Kareem Hassan, who's, I mean, there's going to be tons of Canadian talent in this. Like I said, this thing is, this is dripping, dripping with maple syrup, like Ryan Reynolds. Um, Kareem Hassan is a Canadian DOP. He did uh, Antiviral, which is also uh, Cronenberg, um, Brandon's, sorry, Brandon Cronenberg's film. He did Hobo with a Shotgun, uh, which, I mean, if you've watched Grindhouse, you know that it was a faux trailer from the Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino double feature Grindhouse. Um, he did, I, he did the DO, he was the DOP on Hyena Rose, uh, which is the Afghan, the Canadian and Afghan, Canadians in Afghanistan film done by Paul Gross. Uh, and he also did the, he was the DOP on Random Act of Violence. So he's very good with both violence and stylized cinematography. And just for that alone, I, I would put in the, uh, you know, hour and 40 minutes. I think the original cut's about 90. Uh, so I agree with you. They probably just added some more boobies. Oh, and penis. There's definitely, there's penis in this for, for those out there that prefer the, the penis to the, uh, to the vagina. Uh, there's definitely some penis shots in this. So, um, yeah, so it is definitely beautifully shot. But yeah, like, so I I don't have the same background in these kinds of films that you do. Uh, so I was kind of coming at this with totally fresh eyes. And uh, I like the idea. I like the idea of an assassin that's like kind of implanted. I think that's a great, uh, a, a great plot that you can develop off of. You can go kind of go lots of directions. Uh, it did kind of... So first off, I felt like it took a bit to get there. And then there was all this fucking really, really intimate violence that I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're super jazzed up. And then it kind of slows down again. But, and I I don't want to spoil the ending because this is a 2020 film. But did you like that ending? The last scene in the house. I I saw it coming. Like, even with the, like, the kids and the, like... I'm yeah, trying to, I'm trying to the like minute, the, the minute you, when you get to five minutes before that scene where they're having the interaction in the alleyway with the kid. Yeah. You can tell the kid was off center there. So yeah, you yeah. already knew where it was coming. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. You man. knew like you knew where it was because the kids interacting and saying the words kind of like he is familiar with that person right because you can tell it's in there like that it, the kid has been implanted and then yeah i saw it coming i saw it coming a while a while away but in terms of like have you seen his short um please it's like fucking super long like please speak continuously no no then, have, did you watch it or that i i will recommend that Cause it's fucking amazing. Where'd you, where'd you see it? Did you just like YouTube it? I saw it on Crave. No, it was on Crave under TIFF selections. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So, okay. So I saw it under that. Um, and it is amazing. And I can see kind of where it's like the germ of this movie kind of spread, like, but they got to experience it. 
like Exp- expand, expand it, it more, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and, and give it more detail. But yeah, like if he was to do what that short was into a film, I think one, it would be rewatchable. Like it would be what's the best way to describe it. Like to me, that short was like last year's Six Sense. Oh. And would you watch it from beginning to end? And then once you get to the end, you have to rewatch it again to see if you can pick up on the clues. Really? The really? It, 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 it blew my mind. So, so you, you highly recommend this, this short film? Yeah. It's it's a super long title. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But we'll, it's like, uh, please we'll, we'll speak throw, something. I'll, I'll, we'll throw it in our show notes. Uh, so when you're listening to this podcast, just scroll down to the bottom and uh, check out the short film by uh, Brandon Cronenberg. Um, so let's, let's yeah, like, okay, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. Keep going, man. Like, yeah, like I was saying, like, like the kind of things that kind of turned, not turn me off, but didn't get me engaged was, especially with this uncut version is where you could have added a lot of, uh, subtext, a lot of backplot. Okay. Instead of just but making it, it longer. Yeah. Like it literally just looked like to me again and i don't know what the original was because this is my first time watching it it just literally seemed like hey we're, we're just gonna add like these three extra sex scenes and these three ladies naked it's, right? it's, it's it's interesting when something that is uncut but then it's actually more added <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I get what you're saying but it's yeah like to that me was a, like that was whole... a penis joke by the way that was a, that was a i know joke. i know i know but yeah like the whole subplot about that kind of gets thrown in when the friend's like, Hey, I talked to her and she's super cool with us. Like, you know, just being friends. You're like, Oh, like, and then she's like, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. What's kind of going on. And then, um, and then shooting around the back and then you come to her apartment, like after all the shit goes down and then it's just like, okay, I got to go. And then you seem like it looks like it's been a day or two away, but then it's just, it's only like an hour or even that she, cause she's still in the shower Yeah. and then that shit happens. And you're like, what the fuck? Right. Like, I don't understand what the whole subtext of that scene added to the film. Yeah. Well, and like you said, we don't know what was added and what was taken away, but yeah, it did feel a bit long. Um, and if it was just for like boobies and violence, then you need to like cut some other shit out to, to pick up the pace. Um, I mean, we're talking about the son of David Cronenberg, famous Canadian, uh, director. Uh, are you a Cronenberg guy? Like, do you like Cronenberg's work or? I do like his work. And I do think, um, actually, I think it was like Viggo Mortensen that, that made the comment last year or this year, how it is super weird that Cronenberg has yet to win an Oscar. Yes. for directing right and even like i looked back because i'm like there's no way he has it right like but he is not but yeah like he is not like you would think eastern promises yep you would think the fly yeah right have you seen you dead ringers think... i think we talked about it on like uh when we were talking about david lynch or whatever no i haven't watched it's that jeremy irons and he plays like two brothers that two are like versions gyne- of a gynecologist yeah. and like so he plays opposite himself it is a uh it's in typical early Cronenberg kind of feel too, where it's like, it really makes you feel uncomfortable to watch this movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Cronenberg's great yeah, with that, you, right? Like, have you watched a video drum? Uh, I have not. Oh, like that. If you think that's super weird, just imagine being 
Like I think Videodrome is like hand in there comes out, then his hand turns into a gun that's like a penis gun that kind of shoots like <laughs> like and that's what I mean by body horror, right? Because it's all like in there, it's all intimate. Like the closest this film had was the um to me the Sean Bean. The Sean Bean and the interaction with the faces was the closest yeah, on body man. horror. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. But that like with what David Cronenberg did, like you, it's not silhouetted in which you, you kind of see it, kind of don't. Like Cronenberg's like full on, you see everything like fucking getting ripped apart. Um, so, you know, speaking of like, I mean, yeah, like so the faces, the melting and stuff like that, I mean, that to me goes more to the cinematics. But the scene with Sean Bean, and again, I don't want to talk about it too much. That was like some of the violence in this film was so intimate and personal, like knives, clubs, you know, just like fire pokers or whatever. Um, uh, like I had to turn away. Like I couldn't watch it. Like it was so visceral. Uh, word of the day calendar. Visceral. Um <laughs> how, how did you find it? Like, did you, did you, did you just kind of, was it like Snorefest for you? You're like, man, I've seen, I've seen more violent, man. No, I like, well, I don't really get turned on by, by violence either. Uh, but like it, they did well. I think the effects. Th- this show isn't were... actually about your fetishes. You know that, right? Like I, this is a, this no, is a it's movie about podcast. It's, it's, it's 100% <laughs> about your fetishes, right? <laughs> I just couldn't figure out if, the reason why you picked this movie was because you really wanted to know what it was, what it felt like in a female body getting, <laughs> getting fucked. Right. <laughs> Cause he figured they'd have that like in a little bit more where, you know, technically like the assassin felt it on both ends. Sure. Who doesn't want to feel it on both ends, right? You know what the fuck I'm talking about. I do. I do. Um, okay, so Rotten Tomatoes has this as uh, 94% from the critics. I, I can see that. It's got a 59 with the audience. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah. Like, this is going to be I, a bit art house. Think, yeah, I do think this would go over. Yeah, it's a niche. This is 100% a niche film, and which a lot of people won't get either, right? Like, imbeciles like myself... You know, I'm not a cinephile like you. Um, like this to me is like, okay. I, like I said, I've seen it twice before within the last six years. And it was way more action-y that kind of... So so what you're saying my... is if you're not going to appreciate like those, you know, blocked out shots that are backlit and stuff like that, you're going to be like, boring. Yeah, like when you have that one, like an example, the one scene at the beginning when... Uh, the one person that's possessed i guess that's what you would call it is going through the restaurant and then you know she sees the water going backwards up yeah i love it man all right yeah it was an amazing scene it was beautiful to look at but i literally hit my phone or hit my re- remote at the time i'm like how much more fucking minutes do i have in this yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah and i'm like oh fuck i'm only 12 minutes in and like you can <laughs> see like they're, they're they're doing stuff where they like uh all the wardrobes the same when the dude goes to work at the job right and so you get that like yeah. dystopian kind of minimalistic view. Like the, the, the care and attention that was put on the cinematics is, is obviously there. But again, I just, I really want to talk about when you got to the violence, how did you find that violence? Like, did it, was it not shocking to you or? 
No. And by shocking, I it don't mean like I, I not... think I'm yeah, I think I'm desensitized to it, right? Like it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't shocking to me. Like I've seen it. We we have seen it before. Like, don't get me wrong, I think the effects were amazingly done. And I think what not turned me off but kind of bored me is the fact that he kept on it way too long. Like you could tell the like once he's stabbing, it's like ten stabs more than you really needed, just to be like, oh, she's getting off on this. Kind yes, of thing, yes, right? that's the point, man. That's part of the narrative, right? Yeah, but I'm like, this is literally ten stabbings more than you needed. You could have just put a smile on her face when she did it. And that would have been fine, right? It's just, yeah, like that. But it didn't, it didn't make me off-putting. It, like I wasn't off-put by it or anything. But. Yeah, like even did, the did, Sean Bean one with did, the fire poker, I'm just like, okay. That was vicious, man. That was fucking vicious. I'm telling you. You yeah, want to watch a vicious scene? That watch like, that fucking scene, man. Yeah, it was when they were like, the one that kind of made me like like twitch a little bit was, you know, the close-up, then the twist, and the teeth. Yes. Yes. It was. <laughs> that was the only one I was like, Ooh. but even still, but speaking of Sean Bean, like, yeah, let's he talk survived about this. Yes, he, he survived this film. So this is a movie that he did not die. I thought that was in his contract. <laughs> he had to die in every fucking movie he was in. <laughs> That's so true. I mean, I looked up his filmography. It's super, super long. But I mean, Patriot Games, dead. GoldenEye, dead. He doesn't die in Ronin. He gets fired in Ronin. He's playing the ex-SAS guy, but he's fake. He's lying. Right. And they're like, okay. yo, like you set up, you set up this gun trap and there's a crossfire. And that's when De Niro's like, what, what, what color was the boathouse at Harrodford, which is where the SES trains. And he's like, uh, and then after it's like, well, what color was the boathouse? He's like, I don't know. I was bluffing him. Boom. De Niro. Yay. Uh, so he doesn't mm-hmm. die in Ronin. Uh, he does die in Lord of the Rings. Um, yes. And he, does he die in Equilibrium? Yes, he does die in Equilibrium. Yeah. Equilibrium is great, man. With Christian Bale. If you haven't seen Equilibrium, yeah, it's fucking. Uh, he's the one that. He's the first one. Turned. Yes, he's the he's first one. He's the one that. Turned. The pro, uh, the mentor, yeah. Uh, so he I, dies. I, ha- I, I really think of Equilibrium as like, you know, kind of like the Matrix, like stripped down. Like with. And I just mean like the gun, the gun kata and the, the way they move and they avoid stuff. Like, it's a great, like, dystopian really? film. Yeah, man. Well, I, like I always attach it to um, to a mixture of Roddenberg's Fahrenheit nine eleven with night with nineteen. No, nine eleven is Fahrenheit four five one. Fahrenheit four five one. Yeah, I was gonna say nine eleven is the Michael Moore film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Fahrenheit four five one mixed in with nineteen eighty four. No, no, that's that's I get you that that's the setting, but I'm just talking about like. The Matrix, the way they use like movement around bullets and stuff like that. I'm just talking about like the shooting. Yeah, style. okay, I got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Mine's, you're mine's talking about like Ray, Brad, Ray Bradbury's yeah. uh, Fahrenheit 451. Um, yeah, and I mean, our producer's saying, like, hey, don't forget, he uh, died. For, he for sure died in Game of Thrones. Oh, by the way, if you haven't seen Game of Thrones yet, yeah, he doesn't get through the first season. Sorry. Spoiler. Um, and he's in. Do you uh, know what? What? I'll, I'll tell you this little, little tidbit about Game of Thrones. If he didn't die, I wouldn't have. I also wouldn't have made it past the first season. 
because <laughs> that's what turned my attention. All of a sudden, first, you're like, damn. And I mean, um, yeah, because the first little bit, I'm just like, oh my God, because it was all the world building. I'm like, this is so fucking boring. Right? Like, and then, bam, I don't need to see head booby. chopped off. Yeah. It's like boobies, blowjobs, boobies, blowjobs, and a lot of. Um, Exposition, boobies, blowjob, expedition, and then all of a sudden, decap. I'm like, holy shit! Like, and then I'm like, I'm in it for now. This shit's fucking for real. Uh, I mean, one of the criticisms of the like last season, or even the later seasons of Game of Thrones, is that is they people seem to feel like they moved away because the first bit, it didn't matter how big of an actor you were, was how big your character was, you could get fucked, royally fucked. Um, I mean. One of the things is like Jennifer Jason Lee's in this and she's like, she's good at playing like the indie fucking offbeat person. I mean, let's be honest. She's in uh, the hateful eight, which she does an amazing, amazing job as Domadu or Dom, Goop or whatever. I can't pronounce her name, the character name. Uh, she also narrated uh, the audio version of the once upon a time in Hollywood uh, novel that I listened to. So that was fantastic. Um, I kind of wish she had a little more screen time. You know what I mean? I like her. I think she's a great actor. Uh-huh. She's been good since um, I saw her in Rush, I think, is the first film. The, the Rush 1991, not the Formula One film that we're going to be doing uh, next month. Um, she always plays kind of that, like, gritty, you know, noir kind of character, and she's fantastic at it. Uh, she See, was... I thought... Go ahead. I thought this was going to be, like, a whole fucking rant about, you know a child of a director and I stuff. Would, I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna be like, and she was in his daddy's film Existence with Jude Law. I just and that's I probably mean, you how she got me. him. You stopped me. <laughs> yes. He was she was in Existence, which was done by his daddy. Okay. This is did you I don't know if you've got this factoid, so you know you how you like to bring up I mean it's a it's a super important piece of cinema history. Uh the um the helicopter crash on Twilight Zone? Yeah. Do you know whose dad died in that? Was it her dad? Jennifer Jason Lee's dad. She sued them. She sued the director and everything. Her dad and a bunch of child actors were the ones killed in that motherfucker. Imagine that. Jesus. Like, not only does your dad get killed, but he gets killed in this, like, very, like, trivia public way on a fucking film set. You know what I mean? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So I just thought you'd find that interesting because you, you it comes yeah, I up, didn't right? know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did not. Um, I mean, this film's—it's a Canadian film. It's—it's—it's—it it's, was produced by Telefilm, which is basically like a crown corporation here in Canada. Uh, it's filmed in Toronto. He's from Toronto. You know, guys are from Vancouver and stuff like that. Um, do you think that Brandon will, you know, live up to like from what you're seeing? Is he going to live up to his dad's name? Okay. We've had this argument. Oh, shit. I thought you were almost going to like, take your glasses off like you're ready to fucking no, throw no. down here. No, like we've had this argument before. Um, but I'll say this. He, whether it's him, Sophia whether Coppola. it's another, yeah, whatever fucking person you're going to, like child <laughs> of a, a thing. They don't Emerald have Final. to, yeah. They don't have to, um, do what you're saying. They don't have to meet what their parents that, did. Fair enough. That's right? not what I asked you. Though. They they have to make their own. 
their own path. You're such a good dad. Their own filmography, right? I know you're saying, I don't even remember the word. Like, I know pretty soon you're going to be like, hey, listen, this guy probably only got these movies because of his dad. But if you look at his filmography, he started in the back end doing shit work, grunt work back in 2008 and didn't start directing and writing until the last nine years. Well, this is like, this is like when people are like, yeah, but like I, this, so some famous actors like, yeah, but I was like a PA and da da da. It's like, sorry, what's your last name? And, and, and where did you live? And like, how the fuck are you already getting Sean Bean and Jennifer's Jason Lee on your fucking film in the first place? You know what I mean? Come but on. You got it. You can't pretend like his, it doesn't matter. This, this isn't his first film though. And this isn't like, oh, and fuck, look at, look at fucking the guy we were fucking bitching about power, the, the fucking pill one. Project Power? Project Power. Yeah, yeah. That was their both people's first films and that was Jamie Foxx <laughs> that was Gordon Gordon Levitt Touche 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 <laughs> touche touche There's a re- there's a thing Chris I know I am naive in the film industry you know this is your industry but there's a thing called financing and usually <laughs> these financiers Oh I understand the money like, trust me I understand are, the are fucking like, hey, money and the not having Jennifer it for Jason Lee would you like to work a week in this Canadian film for a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Hey, Sean Bean, do you want to be in this film for a week or probably two days of shooting uh, for 200,000? And guess what? We're going to beat the shit out of you, but you're still going to live motherfucker. And he's going to be like, you got me there. All right. All right. I I surrender. I surrender Uh, on that topic. Actually on the topic of money, could you find the budget? I could not find the budget. I found out that it made uh, 900 grand. In the in the film in the theater, I mean, I'm I'm assuming COVID. It came. It's 2020, right? So COVID fucked a lot of that stuff up. But I couldn't find the budget. I could not find the how much they actually spent to build it. Um, mm. But uh, I can check right now. I didn't really look. Either. There, there's actually another piece of Canadian acting royalty in this film, and that's Rossif Sutherland, who plays Michael Voss, plays the husband. That last name Sutherland does that does that ring a bell? Maybe uh, maybe Donald oh. Sutherland being his daddy and his uh, really? his his half brother being Kiefer Sutherland. Absolutely, man, born in BC, two Canadian Screen Award nominations. Uh, he's basically more, most of a TV actor, some ER. Uh, he's on a show called King. Oh, he was on a show called King, and he's in a, he was also in another show called Rain. But yeah, he's son of Donald Sutherland and the brother of Kiefer Sutherland. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how he. Well, it's just I mean, you, you think got... the family's? You, you think got... it's Canadian royalty? Donald Sutherland? Are you fucking Donald. joking me? And well, Kiefer? Fuck, even Kiefer. Those are big yeah, deals, man. Especially because you love that the is... Lost Boys. Like that's your like jack off. Who movie. doesn't? Who doesn't love the fucking Lost Boys? Though? I was actually just reading some tri- trivia that uh, for the Lost Boys, boys Kiefer Sutherland. So was I. He had like the long I hair. Saved it on my fa- and he, I saved it on my Facebook. And, and he like, basically never fucking do it. Shaved, shaved his head to have like a Billy Idol haircut, and it became that quintessential look of like the '80s rock and roll vampire. You know what I mean, or punk rock vampire. <laughs> yes, I. I think I, I. I got the same. The same thing. Because yeah, I saved it. I'm like just in case. I'm like Halloween's coming around. So is that so you can dress up as him? Yes. So, I mean, 
Uh, I like this film cinematically. I'll, I'll actually probably watch it again just for the, the cinematics of it. Uh, the violence, fucking off the hook. Definitely watch for the, the violence. Um, I, would recomm- I would recommend this actually to people who like sci-fi, uh, but like sci-fi film. If you're looking for like a super paced like action sci-fi film, it's it's not really gonna fly. Like I don't know, Star Trekky Wars or sorry, I, what what's the difference between those two things? Anyways, Star Wars and Star Trek. Uh... A lifesaver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm actually surprised that Twitter didn't didn't execute us uh, on that. So if you want to hit us up on Twitter, well, and what's, ask this us about... what's this me, sweet? Me, me. I I know yeah, I do okay, that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's I know. A, it, when I do good, thinking, when, when like, I do good, it's me, and when uh, we do bad, when I do, <laughs> I did it again. When uh, when I do bad, it's a we. Um, so yeah, I mean, I even told our producer he's kind of a, a nerd file. Uh, I was like, "Yo, check this fucking movie out. You're gonna love it. It's on Crave if you're here in Canada. Uh, so you won't have to pay for it." Um, what about you? You got any suggestions? Who who would you throw this film to, or would you? Um, yeah, like, I don't know. Like again, it's. I think cinematics are well done and you can watch it. I think this is the kind of film that is going to be a cult film. 100%. In the next, in the next little, like probably it's going to be the same as, Oh my God. If, if you want to compare father to son, it's probably going to be in the same vein of like rabid for Cronenberg where they recently remade it a couple of years ago. Um, But it'll be one of those things. And I can see even a streaming service kind of picking up on this and making it into series. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, CBC, CBC gem. I don't know. CBC gem. Why are you not doing this? already? We got (laughs) to CBC. If you're fucking listening, we have thrown out some very, very good ideas on this show for free because we're Canadian. We like to share the wealth. I'm in. And we want to bring everybody up. Call us. Call us on the fucking phone. We'll make you some money. You give us some some money too. CPC's got fucking taxpayer funded. <laughs> we're going to make you some money. We just want our money back that we're paying. <laughs> Um, I want, I'm going to finish on a quote because it actually ties, it ties this film in and the whole conversation about nepotism. So I got Chris Hewitt from empire magazine and Chris has this to say, Chris and this Chris has this to say Cronenberg by name, Cronenberg by nature. Uh, give us the award Scott and then take us out of here. Uh, Canadian screen awards for direction, uh, and makeup. It was also uh, the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror for Best Independent Film. And a bunch of other shit that, you know, they probably... Yeah, this was in Fright Meter Award. Yeah, I don't consider this a fucking horror film. Even Monster Fest, it was put in as a horror film. Like, this is not a fucking horror film. Like, at no point is this horror. Tell us how you really think, Scott. Yeah, no point is this fucking horror. You know what's scary? You with your shirt off. Oh fuck! You no. gotta, you read my mind, man. Like tractor beam. I was literally saying no, that. Like Cronenberg. Like, we're back to Cronenberg at scanners. <laughs> uh, starring who? Who's in scanners? Who's starting scan- Ironside? Michael Ironside. Oh, I was thinking scanners darkly, actually. Yeah, that's a totally different movie, not in the same cinematic universe. <laughs> You're totally right. Fucking fuck that right up. Anyway, that's all for me. <laughs> Scott, if you got anything else to say, say it. Otherwise, 
We're fucking out of here. Tune in next uh, month. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, two of our favorite movies each. So you're going to get to see and hear some amazing cinema history. And we may or may not be talking about the greatest pilot movie of all time. Blue Thunder. <laughs> and that is our rant for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. You can also reach us and interact with us on social media at how do you like that one or email us at how do you like that movie at gmail.com. Not because I hate you. We're going to need to cut that out, like literally just fucking cut that out. <laughs> it's not even nature, baby. It's OBB. <laughs> that, that, that was so bad. Literally so bad. But did you know this film was uh, a hold on, hold on, hold on. Are, we, are we in our break now? Are we into our after our post? What? Sure. Well, because you just uh, went, si- you went silent, man. You went silent like you normally do before we go to our outro. So yeah, you keep yeah, doing your thing, man. It, it was literally because like... You were shocked by my, uh, my my naughty by it nature quotes. Shocked. It, it was more <laughs> embarrassed. It was more like, fuck, if you can get my name off this episode. <laughs> Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.